With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilvy, right, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Dennis Cantor, Taco Fall, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, from the University of Connecticut. And we are back with another episode of From the Raptors. Sam and I are back for our weekend podcast. And this week we have Wayne Breezy. So, Wayne, every week we start off with like an opening question that has nothing to do with basketball, just to loosen things up a little bit. So my okay. question to you is, do you like grapes, first of all, grapes? I do like grapes, but it has this to be is... the green grapes. Oh, man, that was the question. See, That's I'm, right. a pur- I'm a purple grapes guy. So we yeah. were fighting about this before the podcast. So, <laughs> uh, so you're green grapes? I'm a, I'm a green grapes guy. I don't know. It's something about the green grapes. They just have more have more juice. <laughs> and it's oh, I got weird. you. I got you. I don't mind the green grapes. I used to hate them when I was younger, but like I don't mind them anymore. I just think that I think the purple ones are sweeter. So that's why I prefer them. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts, Sam? What's your opinion? You like green grapes? I, I like the green ones. It's actually kind of funny. I was thinking the other day to myself. I was like, uh, like, does anyone actually like eat? Um, yes, do they actually me. eat? purple grapes <laughs> i do i eat the purple because <laughs> like, i got oh, i've really man. never seen like people actually eat them really yeah man. huh I, I've always... I, like you know you see like cartoon grapes and stuff like that they're always purple they're always like yeah yeah no i eat the purple ones that's me i'm not dude i'm not dude that eats the purple ones but <laughs> anyways green grapes uh bleed green celtics uh face philly in the first round starting monday i believe at 6 30 so i'm very hyped and I think the Wizards game was a really good way to sort of iron out the bench because obviously Brad Stevens chose to sit uh, the top six guys in the team. So I just wanted to start off with the obvious, uh, going back to the Washington game. Javante Green played really, really well. Wayne, do you think that's going to mean he gets some minutes in the playoffs, or do you think that was kind of like his last hurrah for the season? Javante Green, he's a he's a he's a different type of player. You know, you want he needs the minutes, right? Like if he gets the minutes, you can use as you saw in that Washington game, his shot, he was able to hit shots. He actually shot very well early in the game and before he started just chucking up shots and just, you know, missing toward the end of the game. Um, even though he did finish with twenty three, but he took a lot of shots in that game. Yeah. I I would love to see him get more minutes, but now we're talking playoffs, we're talking shorter rotations. And is he the guy off the bench? Like, is he going to be that guy? I don't, I'm don't. i not sure because of the matchups. I'm not sure you will see more of him. The only positive to this is at least Brad knows that if I need a rejuvenation off the bench other than Rob Williams, I could put Javante Green in there for some energy mm-hmm. purpose or whatnot. He could probably get around and, and slash and get to the basket. And guess what? He's hitting corner three-point shots. Yeah. Like, so, so that's it's a plus. I'm just not sure when we start breaking down the matchups if he's going to be allocated those minutes over a Brad Wanamaker, um, a Grant Williams, a, Sim- a Shimmy Ojale. Like, those are the guys you're probably going to see heavy in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. He's always been, like, an energy hustle guy off the bench. Uh, Sam, what do you think about Green? I, I agree. I I feel like he's just not going to be able to find a spot. I do think he brings great energy in. 
you know, as we saw when we got our first taste of him in the preseason, like he is very efficient when he gets to the basket. He's great at slashing. But like as far as the depth in terms of wings goes, like the Celtics are really deep in that spot. So like there's really no need for him. He's not a point guard, so he's not going to be facilitating. He's just getting to the basket and scoring. And that's not really something the Celtics struggle to find. Yeah. So he doesn't really have a like anything that puts him over any of the other guys that are competing with him for minutes. I got you. Yeah. It's always kind of been a thing where the Celtics do have a lot of wings. They have a lot of scoring. So uh, the thing that would give green the minutes that he wants is making three point shots and hustling on defense. And while he's shown that he can hustle, it's just a matter of there's better guys uh, ahead of him in the rotation who can hit their shots. So I, I would tend to agree. I think there's not a lot of room for him, especially in this Philly series. Uh, but sticking with Breen for a second quick, Wayne, do you think he'll be on the roster next season? Or do you think he's one of the guys that's going to get let go? Uh, it's tough. It's a tough one. It is tough for the Celtics because they, you know, the draft is coming up and hopefully they'll be having high pick in the draft. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, they got this game coming up on tomorrow night, I believe. Oh, yeah. uh, so, and there's some guys that the Celtics are probably aiming to look at, to look at in the draft. As far as, as far as, uh, it goes from our boy Javante. I want to say yes. I want. I want to say yes. I'm not sure Brad Wanamaker will be back. I'm hoping a Tremont Waters gets resigned. But the Celtics are going to have to find a way to develop a Carson Edwards who's small. So it's like you want size in Javante Green if his three point shot is developing, um, and he's really good on rotating on the defense. Like if. If those develop, I don't see why they don't bring them back. But again, it's not going to be for much money. Teams might be able to be able to pay them more. You know how it works when you're a free agent. Like, yeah, it it comes down to like, all right, man, this team's gonna. I love it here in Boston, but this team's giving me like three more million dollars. So I still love you, but I'm gonna go take the check <laughs> and 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 get more minutes. You know what I'm saying? Because he needs that. Like you can see it. I know he played to lesser competition in that Wizards game, but I just want to say those Wizards, they played as if they were not going home. They played as if this was like like a game for the playoffs. I mean, I, last time I checked, the Wizards weren't even in the playoffs, but they yeah. act like they were playing for a playoff seed and all the all their players were, were doing well. So he balled out like exceptionally well. So I'm hoping the Celtics find a way to get him back, but we can't, you know, we can't pay everybody. So I'm not sure how it's going to fare out for Javante, but I'm hoping he's there. I think uh, Celtics like hustle players, and he definitely is one. And, yeah, you mentioned Thomas Bryant was playing like it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Meanwhile, he's going home the next morning. So I I don't know what he was on. But, (laughs) Sam, what do you think about Green on the roster next season? I mean, I I agree with Wayne. I think someone will pay him to go play. He's got potential to be a player, and there's just not a lot of room for him here. There's so many people in front of him in the pecking order that, like, he's just not going to see minutes. But he's definitely a solid player that's capable of being in the league. There's no doubt about that. Um, as far as far as Thomas Bryant goes, it's like he was he was trying to get traded to the Celtics. He was like, "Danny, come get me. I'm gonna ball out. You guys, you guys, your one weakness is the center spot. Come yeah, that's get what me." It was. I wouldn't I mean, mind it. Me, yo, he was stretching the floor, getting to exactly. the getting to the bucket. I was just like, "Who is this kid?" Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I don't know if you guys play 2K, but I'm in the playoffs. Oh yeah, and. I'm like he, you know. I was I'm playing the Wizards. I was playing the Wizards in that first round, and I'm like, oh, that's just who this guy is. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, I got it now. So he he had, he was on one. Um, but we know we forgot to mention, 
and this is probably why you won't see Javante Green back in green, Romeo Langford. Yeah. Romeo Langford, draft pick. He's a I, I, I have him as a defensive specialist as at this point. I'm hoping his offense develops, but you want to see how Brad is going to get. He's going to be allocated those minutes. And this is why, Javon, this, when you said there's no room for him, this is probably why he may not be back and he'll take a job where he can play more. For sure, for sure. Since you mentioned it, uh, this was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Do you think we're going to see some Langford in this uh, Philadelphia series? I think so because of size. Yeah. So you you got you to look at, I mean, there's no Ben Simmons, so that's a plus. But they still have shooters with length. You know, Tobias Harris can heat up. Uh, they what's the, what's their their power forward? The other guy. Uh, can't think of any names. Corpus. Uh, not Corpus him. is one. It's two guard. The point guard. Oh, sorry. Richardson. Richardson. So you got Josh Richardson. Shane Milton. 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 There Milton, you go. Yeah. yeah. Like those <laughs> if those guys, if those guys heat up, man, it's a problem. But the the thing I love about the Celtics is they have length you know, to defend those type of shooters. Yeah. We have Tatum, Brown, and now you're going to have to end. This is where you're going to probably see Langford. And you're going to want him in there on defense because you're going to probably have Smart, Hayward, and that second unit still, you know, initiating the offense. Therefore, Langford can really focus on clamping down on the perimeter, and that'll be re- and he rotates off the ball really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sam, what do you think? Thoughts? Uh, well, Romeo sprained his wrist yesterday, yes, so I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the playoffs, but um, as far as everyone's saying, it, they, a lot of people are thinking that this is going to be a cakewalk for the Celtics. Scal being one of them on the broadcast, he was clowning Kyle for saying it could go six games. <laughs> um, so it certainly could be a time where we see Romeo get him some playoff experience if he's healthy. I, I think Romeo is really solid, and I think – I think it's important that they get him minutes because Gordon Hayward's going to have to go away at some point. So he's going to have to be ready. He's going to he's going to have a huge part in filling that void left by Gordon when he goes to be with Robin when she has the baby. Almost forgot about that because Gordon's been playing lights out. He's been playing mm-hmm. better than Utah Gordon. Like this is the oh yeah yeah bubble. This Gordon is the guy is they paid Gordon. for. Yeah yeah yes absolutely love bubble Gordon. Uh, the risk definitely is a little bit concerning, but I think Romeo will be fine. He seems like a tough dude. Uh, the defense was definitely a surprise. Uh, I figured it would be decent, but I didn't think he'd be at this level so quick. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, Wayne. Uh, Tremont Waters versus Romeo – I mean versus Brad Wanamaker. I have a few – a string of, like, little uh, mini competitions on the Celtics, so we'll start with this one. Uh, I'm going to ask you about this series against Philly first and this year in the playoffs, and then I'm going to ask you about the future. So for this series specifically – would you rather see Waters or Wanamaker, or who do you think we'll see? It all depends. Um, I, I think we're, you're, you're going to see Brad. He's, yeah. he's, the, he's the rotating guy. And listen, Brad is not, he's not as bad as, as it looks at times. Because when you, when, if you check the end of the game stats, I mean, he's shot. His, his field goal percentage is pretty high. Like, mm-hmm. it, it just looks like when he's playing live, it just doesn't look like it's, he's flowing with the rest of the team. As, as well as we want him to. But at the end of the game, he ends well. He's been doing much better on defense. Um, he's hitting shots. It, it's just, it's weird. It's awkward. But then he turns the ball over at weird times. He forces bad passes to the wrong players, he's, you know. So it's like, ah, like you, those are going to happen. I, you're, you're going to see Brad. You want to see Tremont because Tremont, yeah can space the floor. The way, the, the way he sees the floor is totally different. The difference between the two is you're going to you get more of a playmaker out of Tremont 
and you get an actual like NBA ready level player out of Brad because he's mm-hmm. been in the system. So eh, it, it's like pick your poison. In this matchup, though, they're big. They're, they got some big players. I'm not sure you're going to see any of Tremont in this first series. You might not even see him in the playoffs. So it, it's it's going to be it's going to be something to to sit there and watch, you know. But Brad is probably definitely going to be the guy rotating on the bench. He's probably like the seventh, the seventh or eighth man. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I like that logic, Sam. I know you've talked about Wanamaker and Waters here before, but do you want to elaborate on them against uh, Philly? I I think that towards the end of this season, I think Wanamaker's been better. Um, yeah. I think he's improved. Uh, a lot of people are really hard on him in this bubble because he's been really struggling at times. I, my problem with him more than anything is that he doesn't pass on the yeah. break. And I've said that before. I really hate that he doesn't pass the ball sometimes. It makes me so angry. So he he's definitely someone that I have confidence that he can be a good scorer off the bench, which, like you said, Wayne, his percentages have been really great. So there's no there's no issue with him shooting the ball. It's just the passing. That's the problem for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. And, and that, and, and, and it's those turnovers where they, they score and they get in transition and it's just like, ah, now this all just got to play some type of comeback or shake that play off and try to get back into the offense and, and initiate the plays and things like that. But I definitely think, like you said, that Brad is getting, he, he toward the end of the season, he got better. I, I don't think he's bad. I just think that he there's a couple of things I would like for Brad to do. I would like for him to either like a like accept the fact and I I thought he started doing this toward the end of the bubble games. He started to accept the role. Like he started to say, "Oh, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't have to go in and be a scoring point guard. I could go in there, I can get mine, but I could go in there and and you know, facilitate and and get guys into the right spots because that's where he has to improve. Like he improves there. And remember, this is like this is his second year in Boston. Yeah, if he improves, right. the, if he improves there, like you're going, like Brad is going to, Brad is going to have a job. Like whether he's in Boston or he's on a different team, like maybe like in Indiana or or whatnot, he's going to end up with a job somewhere because he can score and he can get to the basket. And and I like the fact that he slashes, gets to the basket. They never call foul. They, you know, he never gets the call, even though he's on the floor. But that I like about him because at times you're going to need that. It, it, playoff ball is so it's going to be so much fun to watch in this rivalry. I can't wait to see. It. Oh yeah, I'm so excited, especially because we got Philly. I I personally hate Philly, but yeah. Uh, Wanamaker, I believe, led the NBA in net rating in the bubble. And so I think you hear a lot of players when you're talking about stuff. They're like, oh, it doesn't show up in the box score. Like, you, you just see it on the court. I feel like Brad's the opposite. Like, you don't see it on the court, but it shows up in the box score. Like, you see it exactly like that. So That's it's, perfect. It's, it's kind of <laughs> funny how that works. But um, uh, that's for this season. Do you think Brad will end up on the Celtics next season, Wayne? I know you said, like, He'll have a job somewhere, but do you think it'll be in Boston? Honestly, I can I can actually see it because you need a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. And and Tremont's free. Do you want the smaller guy? Do you feel like he can develop? You know, that's that's the question Boston's gonna have to answer. I mean, at some point, like I mean, they love small point guards, right? They love yeah. they love small guards. They love Isaiah Thomas, they love Kyrie Irving, they love Kimba Walker. <laughs> Like Rajon Rondo wasn't too tall either. Like they yeah. love the small, but but understand their their roles of a point guard. Boston, 
they want their point guards to play like how they play. And this is, we're going back to history. So we're going back, Havlicek, who's like, oh, yeah. they all were tiny. Dennis, like they all were tiny, right? <laughs> but those guys had to make plays. They were able to get their offense off by making plays. And I think that's what they're looking forward in these type of point guards. I do think he has a chance to, to, to earn a contract. The question is, if a team offers him more money, like you have to always factor that in. Like a team might say, hey, man, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll give you we'll give you a, a million dollars more and you'll start. I mean, it'll be hard to turn that down. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Even even though the money's not much more, but now his role get upgrades and everybody wants to start. Like everybody For wants sure. to, you know, on a team. So I can I can see him not being back. But I, I know the Celtics will need that point guard off the bench and him. I, w- I would love to see him year three in the system. Look at Tatum year three in the system. I. I would love to see what his role would be, and he's not Tatum. Don't 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 get it. I'm just talking about <laughs> far, far as years yeah. in the system. Yeah. I would love to see what his year three would be in Brad's system. Oh yeah, for sure. I think a, a great example is like we'll look at Tice year three in the system. That's perfect. Like oh my Tice goodness, yes, first. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, uh, what do you think? I know a lot of people fell in love with Waters after the scrimmage games. What do you think about Wanamaker next season, Sam? Um, I think you might see him next season, and the reason. Um, for that would be he's um, there's not a, there's not going to be as much time between seasons this year. It's not like there's going to be a whole summer where Tremont Waters or Carson Edwards can you know work on their game really improve enough to fit into that uh, backup role. Yeah, there's going to be like a month and a half depending on how far the Celtics go. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be a lot less time to improve and get better. I, I never thought of that, but. Maybe they sign someone other than Watermaker. Uh, Watermaker, yeah. not Watermaker. Yeah. <laughs> that's Watermaker. Pretty, that's pretty cool if you can get him to play, you know, merge as one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get, you might have an all star. Have Tremont's vision, Watermaker's <laughs> right. ability to make oh, shots man. and get to right. the basket. Get to the basket, yeah. Oh, right. Wow. That, that'd, yeah. Be a, that'd be a, a good Super Saiyan type player for me. <laughs> that'd be something for sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, like I said, a lot of people fell in love with Waters. Uh, I thought it was a little weird. We didn't see him more during the seeding games. It, it, not even like playing, but he wasn't even active. That seemed a little weird, especially how well he played. But uh, it is what it is. He needs time to develop. He is a really small guard. But I mean, like you said, Boston does love small guards. Uh, but my next argument, or kind of like a little mini matchup, like I said, for the Celtics, is uh, Ennis Cantor versus Robert Williams. Uh, and specifically focusing on this Philadelphia matchup for now, Wayne, who do you think is going to see more time on the court? Uh, I'm going with experience, man. Mm-hmm. But look, I, I look. First, let's can we both can we all agree to this and say that they're they're both liabilities on defense. I think they mm-hmm. both struggle. I think Williams struggles with rotating on defense, especially <laughs> on the perimeter. So when they yep. get the switches out there, it's going to be a problem. He's going to jump at the ball fake. Guys going to get by him. Easy basket. Kenner struggles on defense as well. Um, his on-ball D is not that great. It, it's just, uh, but I, I, if I'm going with, I like Kenner. I'm not sure in this matchup if you're going to see a lot of Kenner because, because of Embiid. I yeah. think against a different big, you would see more Kenner. But this, this particular Kenner, I mean, this particular <laughs> matchup between <laughs> Embiid, you're going to see some Tice. I think you're going to see both, honestly. Yeah. But you you gotta you gotta remember Rob is still young, and he's still learning the game, and unless they can run those double screens for him to get to the back to get those 
buckets to the basket where he uh, he sets the screen. Marcus Smart runs by, uh, runs through the runs around the screen, and he slips right to the basket. Like that's mm. perfect basketball for him right now. If he can get that those type of shots, you know, you'll see a lot of him. But you need him off the bench. Like you need that energy off the bench. And then again, sure. if the Celtics aren't hitting their shots, I'd rather have Canner in the game. Because I know one thing he does very well, probably better than anybody in the NBA, and that's get offensive rebounds and mm-hmm. then scores back from those offensive rebounds. So it, it's a pick your poison. If the Celtics are scoring, you'll see Robert Williams. If the Celtics are not scoring, I think you're going to see Ennis Kanter in the rotation. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Sam, what are your thoughts on that little uh, this or that? I think it, it's tough because Robert Williams has been pretty much perfect for his standards in this bubble. He has really made very little mistakes in his minutes on the floor. He hasn't played a whole lot, but when he's in, he brings energy. He makes the Celtics a better team. He brings defensive intensity. But the reason I think I might see, we might see Cantor is because every time they've played Philly this year, he has been the guy, even though he's not known for his defense, he's got the size to kind of check yeah. and beat instead of someone smaller like Tice or Robert Williams, who we recently discovered is only like 6'8". <laughs> um, yeah. He jumps 7'12", though. Like, oh, <laughs> you yeah. get up here. Yeah. So I think we might see Kenner for that reason, but I don't know because, I mean, we saw a lot of Kenner yesterday, and we didn't see a lot of Robert Williams yesterday. So I feel like the reason we didn't see a lot of Robert Williams is because Brad plans to play him in the playoffs. He didn't want to hurt him, but he wanted to get him sometime. Bingo. It wasn't like the top yeah. six had all sat. But there's a reason Robert Williams didn't play in a game that was mostly guys that don't see a lot of time, like himself. I, I think he's going to play a lot against Philly, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Cantor as well because they've used him to defend Embiid this season. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the size is really a huge factor, especially against Embiid. And I think what you said about sitting Robert Williams goes the same thing. Like, uh, if you remember the Rockets game, the last scrimmage, uh, the Celtics had before the seeding games. They sat the same top six they did yesterday and Cantor. So that was kind of like, okay, we're going to need Cantor for the seeding games. But now that Williams showed out, they kind of like sat the top six and they sat Rob for a little bit, even though he did get some playing time. But I think it could be a similar situation. It's just a matter of uh, when Robert Williams gets a chance in the playoffs to show that he can um, uh, be the same guy he was against the Nets. And throughout the seeding games, I think he played well. Another thing I think Embiid is really, really good defensively. So I think it's just a matter of what we're killing Philly with at the moment. If we're, we can beat them uh, with the offensive boards and the putbacks and everything, can't will be in. But if the pick and roll is working to perfection, because I know they don't have Simmons anymore to uh, defend everything well. So I think if the pick and roll is in, you're going to see Robert Williams flying 30 feet in the air with off of Marcus Smartphone. So I think that would be perfect. It's all a matter of matchups. I would tend to agree that Cantor will probably get more time, but uh, I guess you never really know until we get into it. But the last little question I did have, Grant Williams and Semi Ojale sort of fading out of the normal rotation. Do you expect to see either of them against Philly? Yeah. You, somebody, somebody's got a guard. Who? All right. The, uh, let me ask you this question. Who yeah. will you fear? Go, I, and I... They're both really pretty good on defense, right? They're they're both good defenders. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about perimeter defending now. So so who do you feel is best fair on the perimeter? Now, I think Grant Williams' IQ is probably 
second to third highest on the team. He's only yeah. a rookie. So his IQ is there. It's just the skill set is still developing, correct? But yeah. Shimmy, Shimmy, I don't know why I keep calling him Shimmy. It's spelled Shimmy, but it's pronounced Shimmy. But yeah. Shimmy, you, he's better against those, you know, he's better against your your bigger offensive, like your bigger threats. Mm-hmm. Like, like you might see him rotate on Embiid. You, you might like, and you need him because he has the strength, the size, the body. There's no Simmons. He would be the guy that would help, you know, kind of nullify Simmons. But there is no Simmons. So yeah. who do you fear other than Embiid from Philly? This is probably why a lot of the guys are favoring the matchup. I mean, even I say that it's going to – I think it's going to be like 4-1. I'm not saying it's going to be a cakewalk. See, 4-1 sounds like a cakewalk, but it's not. Them games are going to go down to the wire. It's not <laughs> like it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, but I just think that Boston will get off going and running, and it'll be really hard for Philly to come back. They'll get a game, but that's it. And it's not because MB can't do it all. He's gonna tire out. Blah blah blah. I guess my thing is, I I, I want to see Grant because Grant's been having a heck of a season, mm-hmm. but he has been fading out for whatever reason. I don't know what he did. Yeah. I'm hoping it was matchups. I'm hoping it was you know, but they had to. Remember, Grant Williams was losing minutes too to Robert Williams. Uh huh. So well. it's not—it's not just you know. I look at Shimmy as a defensive specialist on certain players like um, Antetokounmpo. I, I can never say his name right. I'm just gonna call him Giannis. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Giannis. Um, and and those type of players. So then you got to ask yourself who hits the better three. And yeah. I feel like it's it's dead even. It's there either going go. in or it's not. Like it's so um <laughs> they're they're almost like the same. I, I like Grant Williams IQ better, but do we need the IQ to beat this particular team? I don't think so. So you're probably gonna see Shimmy more. Yeah. Yeah. I to think answer your question. I, yeah, I gave yeah, you a yeah. five minute speech to answer that. Yep, <laughs> Shimmy. Yep. Right. Sure. I think Ojale definitely is more important when you're guarding Simmons, like rushing towards the paint because he is so strong. But in this matchup, you might favor, like, maybe not even either of them. Like, you might favor a quicker guy to guard the perimeter, uh, like Javante even. I, I don't know. But, Sam, what do you think about those two or if either of them at all? You know, I think, obviously, Sem- uh, Shemi's going to get the nod over Grant because he has been the guy to guard players like Giannis or Ben Simmons or Le- – well, maybe not Ben Simmons, but, like, LeBron in the past. He's had the – he has the experience of playoff basketball. Grant does not. Um, even though yeah. in the first round, I don't think we're really going to see much of either of them. Like I, we've been talking about Robert Williams. I really think he's made a really solid impact. He, I don't know how many deep Brad is going to go. Usually he only goes eight or nine. So if it's eight, it's going to be three guys off the bench. Want to make her smart and Robert or Cantor. So it's, it's not going to be either one of those guys. I don't think, um, I don't know. I, I'm just, like, so impressed with Robert Williams. I, I really think he's yeah. becoming a star before our, our eyes, like, just right in front of us. It's happening. He's he's getting – he's being in the right spots. He's athletic. He's bringing energy. He can run the pick and roll with Marcus really well. Marcus is a great facilitator, really great at the pick and roll. We've seen in the past with Al Horford, Aaron Baines. He runs with them really well. I think Robert Williams can learn that. He's going to be really impactful off the bench. Yeah, I think he's just continuously improving and. That net game, that Nets game, sorry, really showed Brad Stevens that, like, hey, I'm here to play. Give me some chances. I'm, I can do this. And I think he's finally getting to the point where he's getting the minutes that a lot of people wanted to see him get. So I'm happy for him for sure. Uh, we've danced around this next question uh, basically with everything else we've been talking about. But 
Wayne, I want you to give me, obviously it's going to depend on how the game's going and everything, uh, blah, 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 all that. But after the first six, so the starters and smart, who's your next two or three guys off the bench against Philly? Like Against Philly, let's see. After smart, so smart six, you're going to see Brad and one of those bigs. So, yeah. so Brad, oh, Robert Williams. Robert Williams, think so? Yeah, I think Rob. I think Robert Williams would be that seventh guy, and then Grant or Shimmy, and then Romeo. I think that's going to be the rotation. I think that's the that's it. So Robert yeah. over uh, Cantor. Oh, I forgot about Cantor. Yeah, Shoot. a lot of depth with teams now. Dag Nabbit. Tough. Really I'm. Tough. I'm going. I'm I, okay. My bad. You know what? I don't think you see Grant Williams or Shimmy, and you see yeah. Robert and Canner. There we yeah. go. Boom. Okay. All right. That, that makes sense. Uh, what do you What do you think, Sam? Do you agree with that little rotation? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I really think Robert Williams has impressed a lot of people, including Brad. He, he's just he's just coming into his own. We're seeing it. Like something's clicking for him. You gotta you gotta ride the wave with him. He's he's gonna be hot. Mm-hmm. For sure, I think he will be hot. I think the pick and roll with him has looked amazing. We're getting a little flash of the mid-range every game. And uh, the defense has been getting better. It, it's definitely still not completely there, like his IQ and knowing where to be. Definitely not at the level where it should be for him to be a successful defender. But his athleticism alone makes him like great at blocking shots. So he has, he has all the physical tools. He just needs to get the mindset uh, correct. And I think he'll be a, a pretty good defender, I think. So. Um, speaking of good defenders... Joel Embiid obviously is the main focal point of that Sixers team, especially with Ben Simmons out. Uh, we've seen a lot of Boston trying to defend by committee this season, especially against guys like Giannis. We see Smart actually uh, has guarded him second most behind only Shemi this season. And then I know Tice does a decent job of guarding Embiid, even though it's a big meme that Embiid kills him every time, which I will never understand because Tice doesn't actually do that bad of a job guarding him. But do you think we're going to see more of a, uh, guarding Embiid by committee, Wayne, or do you think we'll see like mainly Tyson on him or mainly Cantor on him? What do you think the plan is? It's going to be committee. You, and here, here's why it has to be committee. Um, and I'm going to tell you why it has to be committee. Yeah. Because the because of foul trouble. Cantor will have mm-hmm. two, three fouls in the first Good quarter point. if they don't rotate the bigs. This is the <laughs> this is the, the 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 IQ of Brad. This is where Brad is going to have to you know. All right, guys, look. And it's no it's no shot to Canner. I mean, there's no shot to Tice, and there's no shot to Robert Williams. They just have to rotate on him because Embiid is going to initiate contact, and you don't want all three of those guys. You need to, you know, manipulate the foul trouble. Because if Tice goes into foul trouble real early, now you're expecting Embiid and Robert Williams to carry you for the whole game. That's not, that's not wise. So you're going to have to figure out how to, how to work all three of those guys in there because – we need Tice. Tice spaces the floor. He's the only one of the bigs that spaces the floor. Like, we need mm-hmm. him to stretch the defense. So, um, he's kind of like taking on the role of of Al Horford, sort of. So, we need that. Oh, and we didn't even talk about Al Horford. How do we defend yeah. him, too? And this is why you're going to see the bigs more than yeah. those smaller guys. Good, good good job, guys. Good. Forgot about Al Horford. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Sam? Committee or Tice mainly? I think you made a great point. Like, the foul trouble... Fouls are probably the best way to defend him, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. You don't let him get anything easy. I, I think Tice can do a good job. Tice has just shown us this year that he can 
hang with the best. He's hung with Giannis. He's done okay on Embiid. Think about it like this, right? Coming in and throughout the season, a lot of people are saying the Celtics need to get a big, right? Can you pinpoint yeah. one game this whole season that the Celtics lost because of the lack of a big? No, you can't. I know. Oh, I don't want to have oh. this conversation. <laughs> I still, I still feel we need a big. But you're right. Don't. Yeah. I, I agree that they I'm, can upgrade the big position, mm-hmm. but I don't think they need a big. I okay. think they've got a good core of bigs. I think Tice has done a tremendous job in stepping into the starting role, mm-hmm. and um, you know. Especially with Robert Williams kind of popping off off the bench here. And Cantor is a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He can get to the front of the rim. One thing I've heard Scal say a lot during the uh, bubble games is, you know, guys feel more comfortable driving to the rim with him in the game because if the center comes to help, ball comes off the rim, he's there, puts it back up for two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just think all three of the Celtics bigs, uh, make one like Titan big man. That's, That's it. That's what I was just you know, gonna say. The dream big man would be all three of their skill sets put together. For sure, yes. it's kind. Of- I agree, but I still feel the Celtics. That's I still feel that's their weakest part. If you need three people to be something one person can be, like that's a problem. It would be good if you had one person that was that problem, and then you had some good depth, you know, to rotate. I think that's where they want to go. This is why the draft is going to come into play. You know, I think the Celtics are going to try to find, you know, a decent big man. Because if they could get a guy like Jared Allen from the Nets, Mm -hmm. that would be an upgrade. That doesn't mean he's a superstar, probably never be an all-star or whatnot. But to me, that would be an upgrade at the position only because of size, rebounding capabilities, like your your defense. Like you're getting an upgrade there. Now the roles of those other players, Tice, and it could kind of shift a little bit. They could focus more on other stuff. So I think the upgrade would be there. But you are 100% correct. The bigs have not caused them to lose games. It's (laughs) bad shooting, uh, not, oh, God, not rotating on defense, giving up wide open shots, just looking lazy. Like those are the things. That's, I feel like the Celtics lose because they choose like they they choose to lose. I'm not taking away from any other team that beats them. They beat them, whatever. But some nights they just they just don't show up. They just mm-hmm. are like, all right. So we're hoping we don't get any of those versions of the Celtics in the playoffs because the playoffs is different. And I think going into the playoffs, having our young players, remember our team is uh, relatively young. So having uh, Brown, Tatum, Smart, like, these guys have actual playoff experience, and I'm talking Easter Conference Finals experience. This is good that we have some young guys who's been there that can kind of help, you know, get over those humps if they end up in situations like that. For sure, for sure. Sam, what is I, it you always yeah, say? I agree. I Yeah, Jax took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Probably, like, at least once a week, I say the Celtics play down to their competition, or they play to the level of their competition. Right. So if they're playing a team like we've seen in the bubble, right, they lost to Miami when they didn't have Jimmy Butler, or they – who else they lose to? They they almost lost to Orlando. Like, those are two teams – they lost another game. They lost to Milwaukee. Oh, no, they, they lost only lost three times. Yeah, okay. Yep. So the so Miami game was the only one they lost, but they didn't play that great against uh, Orlando. No. But they they come to play against teams like Milwaukee or Toronto. They blew the doors off them. Correct. Whatever. And it's been this way as far as I can remember as Brad being the coach. <laughs> I don't I'm not saying it's his fault because yeah. it's not really a fault. It's not it's not the worst thing in the world to have because it's not a problem you're going to see too often in the postseason because 
you've got good teams. The Celtics are going to come to play. But when they play a team like Miami without anybody playing or Orlando, they don't have yeah. the intensity. It's like it's like their whole team can flip a switch. Like people talk about LeBron can flip the switch or or Rondo. Rondo's like the perfect one. He flips the switch in the playoffs. The Celtics have a switch, like the whole team. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's that's what I have to say about that. I mean I, I think they're gonna come to play for sure, but I I do agree where there is a risk because Philly's beaten up. It might take them lightly. You might see them come out and get punched in the mouth in the first game. You don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you say that because I'm probably the only person that feels like if Jimmy Butler would have played that Miami game, the Celtics would have won. Yeah, no, they would have came to play. I don't understand that. But again, this is playoffs. So every game counts. So I think you get that. And that's why the mindset is different. You know, if J- like, okay, let's talk about how Jason Tatum finished in the in the was it the Memphis game? What's the game he couldn't miss? He or missed Orlando. that like the Orlando game. That was the last game before. No, we played Memphis before the Wizards, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yo, he was he was making every shot until the end, to where mm-hmm. he like took a he couldn't like they passed him the ball he didn't catch it correctly and he kind of stumbled and fumbled and bumbled but then he still ended up taking the shot and it kind of (laughs) rimmed out but that's if Jason Tatum's fire is back I mean I think these teams are going to have a problem because if you go ahead and try to double him and defend him now you're allowing the rest of the Celtics to do what they do best you're going to have people wide open. Gordon Hayward's hitting shots. Jalen Brown is hitting the deepest threes I've ever seen in my entire life. He's taking <laughs> Damian Lillard shots. Like, come on. Come on, Brown. So, it, this matchup is, is – I, I, I favored for this matchup, even with Simmons, because I feel like the rivalry makes the Celtics play better basketball. Like, it, this matchup makes it a better game. So, even with Simmons, I thought this was going to go down. I was hoping it was going to go down, and it's exactly going to go down on Monday night. So, y'all better tune in because it's going to be electrifying. 6.30, y'all. 6.30. I'm Woo! so ready. So ready for playoff basketball. Uh, wrapping it back around to the center position, I do agree that it's the weakest link, but I think I think every team has a weakest link. Like, almost every team. Let me, let me say that again. Almost. Like, the Lakers – could use another shooter. Like, they don't have the best shooters in the world. If they had that, they'd be elite. The Clippers, maybe the same thing. Maybe you need a starting big because Harold's your big man off the bench and Zubach isn't great. The only team I can't really find a necessary weakness is the Bucks, but you, they're beatable. They're not an invincible team. They're just very, very good. You want to know do. what the Bucks' weakness is? Yeah. Their bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if, they, if their starters aren't getting off the ball, like getting those shots off or whatnot – I just don't think their bench is is you know capable of, of you know winning game. Like they need their starters to ball out. Yeah, yeah so very top heavy. That's team. how you that's how you attack them. You 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 make them miss. You make them you know keep the game as close because they the starters can't play forty eight minutes. So mm-hmm. you keep it close as possible. When that bench comes in, the Celtics bench has to take advantage. They have or whoever team plays them, you have to take advantage because they're beatable. They're beatable, like you said. Yeah, for sure. I think the Heat have had their number all year. The Celtics have played well against them. It's just a matter of uh, exposing, like you said, the bench and finding the correct way to attack them. What I was going to say is the Celtics have the most weapons to cover up that weakness. Like the Celtics have Kemba, they have Brown, they have Tatum, and they have Hayward. 
the Lakers have Davis and LeBron, who don't get me wrong, both freaking amazing players. And then the Bucks have Giannis and Middleton, but the Celtics have four all-star caliber players to cover up that weakness at the center position. And I would argue it's not even as big of a weakness as, say, the Lakers and shooting or stuff like that, because Tice is a very serviceable big. And the only issue is that we have our one star big man split up against, like, amongst three different players. But um, I, I do think that there could be an upgrade necessary at the center position. It's just a matter of finding the right one and not losing out on that spacing that Tice brings. But uh, we started off this conversation by talking about how to slow down Embiid and kind of defend the Sixers. And I want to flip the script and talk about how do we attack the Sixers. I think we talked about it a little bit on our podcast last week, Wayne, about how we should just take the wings and attack with our four-headed monster. Do you think that's going to be the strategy against Philly or do you think there's going to be more to it than that? I think that's going to be the strategy. Our our strength is in our wings, mm-hmm. from from the starters to to rotation. Our strength is in the wings, and the cool thing is, is like we got like wings at like three spots and like two, three, four. <laughs> like they like they they can all they get they can all get to the basket. They can all shoot. That's going to be the strength. The, the The Celtics have to just hit their shots, mm-hmm. and then I I I really don't I really don't see a team being able to keep up if they're hitting shots. If they're missing shots, that's when it gets interesting. Because now the <laughs> Celtics have to exert a lot of energy on defense, try to force stops, and then it kind of takes away from their shooting. But the Celtics like to shoot. They like to get get inside, dish it out. They love pick and roll, right? They like their bigs to score. Yeah. And it's you're going to see a lot of stuff. I, you know, Honestly, I don't know what Brad got drawn up. Brad... <laughs> I think Brad plays with everybody during stuff that doesn't really matter and doesn't really count because he's just trying to test the measurement of what his guys can do. And then all of a sudden he comes out with a, with a different game plan. He doesn't call timeout. <laughs> he's like a young Popovich, like in my oh, yeah. opinion. He oh, just yeah. lets guys figure it out. And I love and I love it. But I think you would, we're be, being that our strength is in the wings, I think is going to be wing dominant in that game. Mm-hmm. Use the wing, attack, space the floor. Shoot, knock down your shots. Celtics just have to knock down the shots. They're gonna have wide open shots. They have to knock them down. Mm-hmm. That's the key. That's the key. I love the extension of Brad Stevens too. I was hyped. I was hyped when I saw that coming. Yes, Sam, congratulations. That's right. Oh yeah, Sam. What do you think about the uh, the attack mentality against Philly? I mean, who's guarding Tatum? It's the first question. Like, <laughs> who who do they yeah. have that's gonna slow him down? It would be Simmons, but Simmons isn't gonna play. Al Horford is Al Horford quick enough to guard Tatum? Maybe. All right, then who's going to guard Jalen Brown? Who's going to guard Gordon Hayward? Who's going to guard Kemba? Well, Josh Richardson's going to guard Kemba. But, like, there's just so many different people that they can attack from. And like we've been talking about, there's really no solution for it for Philly. There's no way that they're going to stop them, you know, consistently. I mean, like, just, just look at it. The Celtics are too versatile. And I honestly think the Celtics are the best team in their half of the bracket. I think they match up really well against Toronto. Even though Toronto is a much better team than Philly, yes. Like, are are you really scared of Toronto at this point? After the last game, I I do think they are going to come out and punch Celtics in the mouth if they play them in the second round. But I don't know. I just I just feel really good about it. I think the Celtics have played really well against Toronto all season. I think they played not that great against Philly, but Philly's not healthy anymore. And I think the Celtics have improved much, much, uh, much, much better since playing on opening night in Philly since losing the game where Jalen Brown got tackled and they didn't call (laughs) anything. 
And, you know, yeah. we saw it in the last game in Boston. I thought they really, you know, they came to play. It's definitely possible for the Celtics to steamroll Philly, get past Toronto, and hopefully not even have to meet Milwaukee. If, if Miami really does have their number, like everyone says, yeah. they're going to end up seeing Miami. Not to discount Milwaukee, because Milwaukee is for sure the best team in the league, best record. But even them, the Celtics can hang with them. We've seen it. Sure. They hung with them a couple weeks ago. And Tatum played terrible. Yeah. Milwaukee didn't have everybody, but, you know. I, I like Boston's chances for sure. I think you touched on something that I really agree with, and it was who's going to guard Tatum. And I think it might not even be as much who's going to guard Tatum, but how is Tobias Harris going to guard Tatum? Like, if, if they roll out their starting lineup of, like, what I assume to be Shake Milton, Josh Richardson, uh, I don't even know, Tobias Harris – are they going to start Horford and Embiid, or are they going to run like a Korkmaz instead or a Tybal instead? Let's say they run Tybal instead because he's a good defender. Tybal at the the three, I mean the two, Richardson at three, Harris at the four. What what is their matchup going to look like? Like who's Shake going to guard? Is Shake going to guard Jalen Brown or Kemba Walker? Like I'm sure Shake's not a terrible defender, but he can't be that good. Uh, Tobias Harris is not a great defender. He's, even if they stick him on Hayward, Hayward's been playing amazing in the bubble. It's so their only hope is if um, Robin Hayward goes into labor like three weeks early and Hayward has the lead. So I think it's that just... Was, that would actually be ideal, Loki. Yeah. Get it out of the way. Rip the band yeah. off. He'll be back for the important series, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the chances of that, I assume, are slim. But <laughs> I suppose that's a little bit of a weird thing to, to dream about. But, you know, you never know. You never know. Um, but, yeah, I think I just don't think Philly can hang. And like you said, I do think uh, – this is something I want to talk about quick too. I do think the Celtics match up well against Toronto uh, and Milwaukee and even Miami if they manage to get by uh, the Bucks. So, Wayne, my next question and one of the last couple before we get into our final segment Sam likes to do, uh, I just want to look quickly, obviously not as in-depth as we have looked at Philly, but the Celtics matching up against Toronto and Milwaukee, uh, who are you more – concerned about obviously Milwaukee's the better team uh but the Celtics have hung with them and then some people say hey Toronto has more depth uh than Milwaukee but then the Celtics just routed them last week so who are you more concerned about meeting up with in the playoffs that's a good question you know I'm gonna go with the team with the best player yeah and there's something Kyle Lowry right (laughs) (laughs) right you know I I gave Kyle Lowry his props though like no he's a good player I I would always say he he wasn't, and then you know I've been watching him in this eight game restart, and man he he's he's electrifying as well. Yeah. yeah. But no, I I gotta go with Giannis and the Bucks, mm-hmm. and you, you know it's it's just unfair that he gets every call in the world, <laughs> but but you know refs aside, that's what it comes down to. If they're struggling, they give him the ball, he gets to the paint, he gets a dunk, it mm-hmm. it, it changes the game. It, and it, it's it's unfortunate. All right, just just go back last year. Celtics go up one zero, and you're like, oh, we could beat this team, right? We got it. And I don't let's say every whatever happened to us happened. We know yeah. what stuff was going on in the system and whatnot, and in locker rooms, or whatever. But mm-hmm. we we definitely figured out a way how to beat the Bucks, right? You took yeah. away, you took away its legs. I always use the Bucks as. As Giannis is the the spider, he's the bed, and all the, the other people are the legs, right? We took away all the legs. 
and we just made Giannis try to beat everybody, and he couldn't. And then in that second game, they couldn't figure it out. It was like they adjusted, we fell off, and they went on like a 4-0 run and beat us, like 4-1. They are beatable. We play them well. The question is, it's going to be a lot of adversity, and that's what that – because the refs are going to give them calls. You're going to be dealing with them. It's just – the only thing we got in our favor is there's really no home court advantage, but yeah. I would be scared to play the Bucks, and I don't know why, but that would be a team that I feel like would give me problems because they have the best player in the league. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you because, like, who who is going to stop Giannis? Like, there is no concrete answer to that. Like, we say who's going to stop Tatum, who's going to stop Giannis? Last year you could say Al Horford, but, like, even that didn't work out. It worked out for one game. Like, this year, there is no one that you can pinpoint that's going to stop him. It's going to have to be a committee kind of thing. Or maybe you don't have to stop him. You just stop everyone else. I don't know. But it's definitely a daunting task to look about, uh, think about. And they've got to find a solution if they want to get to the finals. It's possible. They beat them once this year. They played them really great all three times they played them. It's possible. The Celtics are capable of beating Milwaukee. It's just a question of how they're going to figure out how to do it. Yeah, I agree. Giannis is just an absolute freak of nature. One of the best players I've ever seen play. One of the most dominant players. Like, he can just have his way. And, uh, yes, I will say, in the first time we played them, like, in the seeding uh, games, our first game, the refs were kind of, uh, you know. But uh, <clears throat> we don't have to talk about that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to not say Giannis in that situation as good as Toronto is and they are a really good team but Giannis is terrifying uh so Sam you want to start uh the questions you always ask at the end sure yeah wait every week when we have a guest I kind of ask some questions about different like fan stuff regarding the Celtics so the first one I always ask is do you have a favorite piece of memorabilia Celtics memorabilia uh jersey autograph picture anything and what's the story behind it um let's see I'm just looking at my wall. I actually do. I have a Jason Tatum uh, autograph picture. Um, not much of a story behind it. I, when we drafted Jason Tatum, I, I'm actually rocking that Jason Tatum draft hat. That This would be it's the fresh. greatest draft. Yeah. Um, I I knew he was going to be somewhat, uh, he was going to be a superstar. Like, you, like, and I know none of us knew it, but I, you know, I follow college basketball and I was like, yo, with, with Paul Pierce gone, that's where the Celtics bread and butter is at that small forward position. And he he's just, he's, he's that type of a player, right? He has like the, like the, the, the style of Paul Pierce. He has this, the, the moves of Kobe. Like he, he's, he's coming of age. So, so Jason Tatum, I have this nice autograph rookie picture that I was able to get actually at, at an auction. And um, yeah, I, I spent some money on it, but you know what? I'm happy to have it. Um, not much of a story behind it, but I'm hoping Jason Tatum is here for at least like a decade and a half. I know that's mm-hmm. a long time, but that's what I want. That, that's what I'm asking for. Great. It sounds like he does want that. It, it does sound like, like he said he wants to stay, this which is great. Can you imagine little Deuce growing up in Boston, man? Like that would be so cool. Like, you know <laughs> so what I mean? Fire. Yeah, man. I like he, he, I, what, is that luck? Fate, whatever you want to call it, we were able to, you know, we were able to coerce, you know, the other teams to draft. What was it, Fultz? Whoever it was in that Fultz draft, I forget. Fultz yeah. and Lonzo Ball. 
Ball. On the <laughs> ball has been getting a lot of heat. Not to break off from what we were talking about, but like yeah. I saw a uh, tweet saying that people around the Pelicans really think he phoned it in in the bubble. Like they're thinking oh, about man. moving him. So that could be his third team since he's getting drafted. Of it's kind of crazy. Play, he's been playing pretty decent all season. Yeah, you didn't I mean, have you didn't have your star player for almost three quarters of the season. Then then you almost don't have him for the bubble, and then he comes back. And but Lonzo's been consistent all season. Like check his stats; the numbers don't lie. He's been pretty. I believe consistent. they said he looked like he was checked out, and it's possible. But you can't. You should. I'm sorry. You shouldn't get rid of a player. Yeah. Be, because of that, you I know, agree. maybe the NBA shouldn't restart it. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like you could factor stuff like that in there. Mm-hmm. I they they I. Because this that allowed Drew to play differently. Like, they were a pretty decent team. I can't wait to see how they're going to fare up going forward and adding a couple of key pieces to make them better. Sure, sure. Uh, Sam, what's your next one again? I always forget. Uh, do you have a favorite Celtics memory uh, yes. moment that you saw happen besides a championship, like uh, play that happened or comeback or anything like that? How about this? I have a better memory. Just of being a Celtics fan. All right. So it was against the, the Los Angeles Lakers. And I remember we were winning that game too. It was in January. Um, and it was the game I proposed to my wife. And, um, you know, they, it was like, it was like everything kind of like stopped. It was so awkward, right? So like I had I had a person up in the sky booth doing the photos. I asked my wife to go get me a water during the time. Now, did you go to this game? Yeah, we were there. So, oh, I, so I, cool. asked my, I asked my wife, I said, could you please go get me a water? I'm so thirsty. And she was mad because she didn't want to miss the game because we were <laughs> winning. We were winning, but obviously Kobe Bryant. It, we lost that game too, by the way. I just want to put that out there. So yeah. I'm never going to forget this memory. Um, and, and, and I proposed to her, got down on the knee and like everybody in like our section, like was able to see it. And like the, like crowd started cheering. It was like, so cool. Like it was like the perfect moment. Um, and everything panned out right. And we've been married for six years. So that's incredible. Thank you. That's amazing. That's so cool. That's such a cool, cool way to do it too. Usually my next question is there a favorite game you've been to, but I think we got our answer. (laughs) Um, so I, that's that, really that wasn't awesome. even the favorite game, though. My favorite. All right, game, all right. Let's hear it then. My favorite game. I have these are these are fond memories because these were and these were losses. I'm sorry. I know my favorite game shouldn't be losses, but it's the experience of being in the game. It was against OKC, right? They still had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook at the time, oh, right? Okay. And we were sitting. Usually, I sit like in the court, but I sit right behind the basket, like you know. Yeah. So yeah. Westbrook came like diving into the joint, right? And I cussed him out, right? <laughs> then he, but he, he turned around and cursed me back out. And ever since then, Russell Westbrook's been my favorite player in the NBA. Like, I, it was that connection, <laughs> the simple fact that, like, he was like, what the, like, and I was just like, yo, yo, I love this dude. So that was my favorite, and we lost. We, they, we had no answers at the time for those two. They were just balling yeah. out of their freaking mind. Um, it was him Westbrook and there was another guy. He ended up, Harrison Barnes, I think, was on that team at the time. This was out without James Harden. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that would be that would be my favorite game, just because of the experience. But I've been to a lot that we've won too, guys. Don't get it twisted. But Celtics <laughs> win a lot, but so it's the lost games that that stick with me for some strange reason. That's amazing. That's actually wow. really funny. Yeah, man, it was it was hilarious. It was hilarious. We're going to have to put that in the title. Cursing out Russell Westbrook or, <laughs> yeah. or exchanging words with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. yeah. 
bleep, bleep, bleep. But put like the the hashtag sign, yeah, the yeah, exclamation yeah. point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was so funny, yo. And the fact that he responded back, that did it. I was like, I'm a fan, and I'm mad that he's injured. You know, I'm upset. Man, he's not even on my team, right? So that's amazing. So, wow. Best part about uh, like that is like they let him do it. Like he didn't get fined, or you know, like the league didn't like put the hammer down on him for arguing with you or yeah, you know, get an altercation it, with a fan. Right. I mean, it, it was, it was to me, of course, you know, I, I'm laughing it off. I was, I was shocked at first. I didn't yeah, even yeah. think he was going to be able to hear me, but they can yeah. hear when you're that close, they can hear you. Like <laughs> we've seen Crazy. fans get knocked out. So it, it can happen. Like <laughs> Ron Artest, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it happened. That's so funny though. I, I'd love it. I mean, if an NBA player cursed me out, I just laugh and just think it was amazing. So uh, I can see why that's your favorite game. It'd be mine too. Uh, the last question, right? You want, you want me to ask this one, Sam? Since it's kind yep. of my uh, you're the jersey guy. You oh, asked yeah. me. Or you Do you have me, any Celtics jerseys? And if so, which is your favorite? Aside from the signed Tatum one, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And that's a picture. That's a picture. I have a bunch of Celtics jerseys. Um, I mean, I have Larry Bird. I'm, I'm gonna pick a jersey. You guys are gonna be like, what? All right. All right. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna give you the number, and I'm gonna let you guess the player. Oh man! Okay. Number thirty six. Is it is it a Shaq jersey? Shaq. Oh my god! Sorry, yes. Miles. How did you get it on the first try? <laughs> you were supposed well, to. Well, it's either Marcus smart. or Shaq. Yeah. Because no one else wears that number, and uh, since you said we weren't gonna get it, it's definitely not oh, Marcus. Oh, I gave it away. Stupid me. Ah. <laughs> oh, and that was the face. Um, we did a trivia thing. And they share a jersey number that's also – that's both their birthdays. So that was one of the questions Part we asked. Is their birthday. Wow. 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 Listen, yeah. man, I know we, I should hate Shaq. I should hate these players. I know I should. But when you grew up in the 90s and you got to watch these guys dominate like I did, I, I, I watched the NBA change the rim, the way the rim looked at least four or five times. Like, and Shaq's <laughs> – Shaq's been that dominant. Plus, I have a, I kind of have like a, a little personal connection with with Shaquille O'Neal. Um, he, uh, a friend of mine, was was dating um, a, a player that went to school with Shaq. So when Shaq was at LSU, the friend um, was his his nephew was there at the same time, and that's how I got to meet those guys. Um, and I got to meet Shaq wow. when he was at LSU. You know, this is, wow. this is pre pre Blue Chips, the movie era of Shaq when he was kind of like <laughs> still he was skinny but Diesel. You know what it's I'm crazy. saying? Um, yeah. And ever like Shaq's, uh, he's just been a guy I follow. But I've always been the green, always been green. And and it, when he came and I know it was it was the the death of Shaq career, but <laughs> when he came to to the Celtics, I thought we were going to make a run and I thought we could win. I I really did. I thought. He could have been a piece that we, you know, but he was just old. Yeah. He's just too old. That's I don't. Amazing. I think it's impossible to hate Shaq. Shaq's yeah. like the most likable guy, like ever. Right, right. But for everything the, I've heard, he's like the nicest dude. He's not mean yeah. to anybody. Gen- gentle hand, giant, talk bro. Talk to you, make you laugh. Gentle giant, man. Yeah. Gentle giant. Shaq would never be able to make it in football because he's too. He's <laughs> too nice. Yeah. No meanness. No Any meanness. Well, one more question, I think, before we end this off here. Uh, we always end up finding a way to ask this, but uh, you said you like Shaq, even though some players like or some fans dislike him. What are your thoughts on LeBron James? Because we're split. We're very <laughs> split on this topic. Do you like LeBron? Do you not like LeBron? Do you respect him? Like, what, what's your opinion there? All right. So I love LeBron. Okay. And I love yes. him on the court. 
and I love him off the court. Yes. yes. And here's here's why I love LeBron. LeBron single-handedly beat the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Single-handedly. I don't give you can't tell me he didn't. He 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 went I don't know what he did to make his eyes turn red. We're going to leave that off the air. <laughs> but all I know is he single-handedly beat us and all those negative things you can say about like LeBron James when it comes to his gameplay or whatnot, he doesn't have the you know the cl- the closing factor or whatever it is people say about LeBron that he lacks or what whatever it is he didn't like it then and it hurt my feelings and from I, I like if you don't know me by now I kind of cater to you know negative emotion type things and it kind of gives me a story to tell later on but LeBron I he. Next to Michael Jordan, I got to, I got to, I got to witness Michael Jordan and LeBron James in the same lifetime. That that's amazing, amazing. and I'm hoping to get to witness the next one too. Like you know what I mean. So, I love LeBron, man. I love what he does on the court. I love what he does off the court. He may be hard to play with because he's kind of egotistical. Um, that's why I keep saying, like, I know, I know, Laker fans look like their teams they they struggled in the bubble, but um, when it comes to playoff basketball. Oh yeah, J.R. Smith gonna hit them shots. Like they, they're gonna be all right. Like you know, I have yeah, no yeah. remorse. Like I, there's no empathy toward them because they're going to be all right because they, they have you know the greatest player on the planet, um, oh, yeah. still playing at a high level. So I love LeBron, guys. I know that was pretty long, but I, it's, it's hard for me not to like him. Just like oh, yeah. I love Kobe, but I hated mm-hmm. him when he played the Celtics because he single handedly beat us too. Twenty exactly. ten. Come on, man. <laughs> you bringing up memories. This is not what this show is supposed to be about. And I'm going to be mad when we get off this. I'm going to go mad and punch a hole in the wall or something. Oh, man. No, yeah. I- I'm pro-LeBron. I think Sam is anti-LeBron. Yeah, I fucking hate LeBron. <laughs> I- Listen, I respect it, though. And you should. We, we I should. respect his game. I just think he's a he's a prick. <laughs> I like him. I like him. I've, I've always been. There's, there's no denying he's a great player, but uh, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> and hey, that you gotta have that mindset sometimes because he did, like Wayne said, single handedly beat us. So, uh, but yeah, so I, like that. Is... I, just, I hate that he whines. I hate that he's he's <laughs> always like he. Every game I watch, like he, they play the Celtics, he always like goes down. He looks like he's gonna be injured, and then he gets yeah. right back up looking for the now that the I hate. standing ovation and that. that oh I hate. man! But, but listen, Paul Pierce went in a freaking wheelchair. <laughs> And he came back and scored like ninety five points. Like, listen, oh players, it's entertainment, bro. Like, players are gonna put on a show, and if they can put on a show and perform well, you gotta give them kudos. Look, you know who's crying a lot now? Jason Tatum, number zero. But they they won't call foul. It's like no. LeBron doesn't get his foul calls, and now it looks like Jason Tatum, who's going to be the next superstar in the NBA, is not getting yeah. his foul calls. Like, I wonder if there's some type of correlation towards that because they're just not getting it. That's why they got to dominate. Yeah, I agree. I think Jason Tatum, once he gets to that level where he's getting those calls, unstoppable. No one's going to be able to stop Tatum. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had a great time. I really appreciate you coming yeah, on the show, Fun Wayne. show today. Super, super fun. Uh, before nice. we end this off here, do you want to tell people where to follow you and all that? Yeah, man, just follow me at Wayne Breezy, man. It's really simple. And there you can follow me at everywhere else. I'm on the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. So you could find me there doing shows. Um, so just reach out to me. I got my own podcast, shoot the breeze at shoot the breeze six on Twitter, uh, that I'm starting and, and it's going pretty well. You know, podcasting is pretty cool. I could kind of get used to this stuff, man. This is yeah. pretty cool. Shout Good out time. to you guys for doing such a great job, man. And bringing the fans. Hey, with thank you. Here. 
You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, you can follow me at Bannertown Jack. Uh, when we tweet this out from our account, Wayne's obviously going to be linked there. So make sure to go check him out everywhere. Uh, super fun show, super cool dude. And uh, I'll throw this over to Sam to end us off here. Yeah, follow me at uh, Bannertown Sam. Follow the podcast at underscore from the rafters. Uh, that's it for this week. Bye.